Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. Our guest this week is Benito Skinner, also known by his stage name, Benny Drama. Benny has a sixth sense. He knows what we're thinking. He's not afraid to say it and then post it on the Internet. He's a writer, performer, actor, and comedian whose original comedy skits have gone viral for his brilliantly funny impersonations of everyone from Noah Centineo to Timothy Chalamet to the Kardashian family. In this episode, I asked Benny all of your burning questions. We discuss how he went from a small-town football star to one of the most famous comedians on the internet at just 25. We also touch on what he sees as a new era of comedy, who he gets tagged in the most to impersonate, who he's really afraid of on the internet, and the advice he has for aspiring creators. He also gives us his syllabus of the best movies and TV shows to get you through quarantine. Here's my friend, Benny Drama. But so how are you? Did you also just like move to LA in the middle of a pandemic? Yes, right at the beginning of a pandemic, which was a choice. We had already gone the apartment and our lease was up and we had put all our stuff in a pod. And then it was like two days later, New York was in shutdown. So we flew out like, I think it was the day before it was like full lockdown. Thank God. I know. I mean, like, yeah, it was a crazy time, but fortunately, like everything worked out. I don't know how, but yeah. Well, I'm born and raised here. So welcome. But so I always start every show. Where are you from and where do you live now? Well, we know where you live now, but fill us in. Yeah. (laughs) I'm from Idaho. I'm from Boise, Idaho. And now I live in Hollywood. Wow. He goes, Hollywood. I love that. Mm -hmm. We're in West Hollywood. So am I. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I'm sure we're close. Amazing. You're probably like next door right now. I mean, that's a New York mentality. (laughs) As I almost said my cross streets and I was like, I should like stop telling people where I live. Just on the off chance, somebody like wants to come. I'll cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So I've never been to Idaho. Tell us about it. What was that like growing up there? It was just amazing. I mean, I grew up in the same house my entire life. I have three older siblings who are all so much fun. My parents are literally as crazy as me. Well, my dad's as crazy as me. My mom is chill. I had a very like normal upbringing, probably the only liberal people in Idaho, but that's okay. (laughs) But yeah, I I feel very lucky to have grown up there. It was like this suburban vibe, but also like a very beautiful place. I think some people think it's flat or think it's in the Midwest and it's just not. It's the Northwest. Like we literally touch Washington and Oregon. Yeah, it's very green and and beautiful. Highly recommend if you haven't been to Boise. And Sun Valley obviously is stunning, but it was a great place to grow up. And I'm assuming you left for college. I did, yes. And so then I went to school in DC. Where'd you go to school? Yeah. 
I went to Georgetown. Oh, cool. And then I just moved to New York like right after, a month after I graduated. What did you study in school? I studied English and then I minored in film and media studies during my time. Yeah. I I mean, I would have majored in film, but I couldn't at the time. It was just like a little baby school. Right. Because no one goes there for film. Right. But it's okay. I did. What would you have done if you didn't go into comedy after school? Oh my God. I probably would have been really sad. (laughs) Because I tried working in an office and my Gen Z intern character is definitely pretty much based off me. I am not good <laughs> in an office setting. I have to say that was one of my favorite of your characters. Oh, thank you. I yeah. love being him. He's he's fun. He has a nice, uh, he's a nice energy. Super uh, accurate. Super no, on thank point. You. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's like, you know, I feel like a lot of my videos are just drags of me. But yeah, that was pretty much me in an office. I really don't know what I would have done if I didn't do comedy. I have truly no, I mean, I maybe gone into like music. I think I love videos. So I would have like loved to do some kind of like art direction for music videos or music is like a side love. And I think it kind of comes through in a lot of my videos that the music choice is sometimes like the most fun part of something. Or I feel like I get a lot of inspiration from music for videos. So yeah, yeah, I feel like maybe it would have been something on, along the lines of that, but nothing in an office. It's so limiting. I mean, I don't think, I, I think definitely what I love limiting. about... Yeah. And I think what I love about younger generations now is kind of understanding that and being like, maybe all these like bizarre rules that were made up like don't need to be there. And like, we could definitely, I mean, I think during this time, I think it's definitely a conversation mm-hmm. of that a lot of us can do our jobs at home. So yeah, it's interesting. What was your first introduction to comedy? My first introduction to comedy. My parents love Seinfeld. So I feel like I kind of grew up watching Seinfeld. But obviously, Elaine was my favorite character. She's a queen. So I feel like that and then watching like Friends was kind of like this beginning stages of watching some comedy. And then like Robin Williams. I think like Miss Doubtfire might have been one of my first, first experiences. Classic. Yeah, like watching someone do like character work. And also I feel like at the time that felt like really provocative to me that he was like yeah. being a woman and like watching that and that he was like an actor that people understood as like straight. I felt like that was really an important thing for me to watch. And I, I loved that movie. And then I think maybe like Jim Carrey and Liar Liar was also another one of my like early, early stages. Now it's funny because I, I obviously think you're like one of the funniest people ever. So I consider you a comedian, but I also wonder what you consider yourself. Are Mm -hmm. you like an actor first? Are you a comedian first? Where does that come from for you? I think I was really scared to call myself a comedian for a really long time. At the time I wasn't doing stand up, And I always thought like that is what marks like a comedian, which I don't think is true. But I did feel more comfortable saying I was a comedian once I started doing live shows. But I don't think that like, that's just my own bullshit. <laughs> like, I don't think that's how it goes anymore. I think I, I've really been noticing, like, I'll even scroll through TikTok occasionally and see, you know, kids who are like 16 making like very intricate, funny fucking videos. And I'm like, yeah, like, you're a comedian. That's like very clever. And TikTok um, is really scary to me. I'm sorry. I say it on every episode. It's terrifying. And honestly, they keep like taking my videos down. So I think I'm doing it wrong. I keep using songs that like aren't allowed. So I don't know. I'm like, I'm still kind of trying to get my bearings, but I love like a big production. But yeah, I think, but then I also think it's so impressive to some people who aren't doing like a green screen or makeup. Right. 
things and are like whipping something up. And I've like tried, but then I'm just like, oh, I really want to put a full look on. Like that's, <laughs> it's just hard for me not to want to do like a whole thing and, and make it like, you know, four minutes. But I think right. in college, I would have said actor. I think it, it changes. Um, some videos feel more like I'm just acting, but then they require both because like the writing is more the comedy sometimes like different. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm both. I mean, I don't, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I don't think they're mutually yeah, I exclusive. Like winner. I think you can take yeah. both, but I was just yeah. wondering in, in kind of your mind in terms of like the future too, like which mm-hmm. lane you're interested in pursuing, but yeah. I mean, they're not mutually exclusive. So yeah, they tend to be, I think, which is interesting. They kind of like, you know, if you're a comedian, then the only things you can act in are comedy. But I feel like Jim Carrey and like Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind kind of like ended that conversation. <laughs> or like, you know, Robin Williams. What a crazy like, movie. Hunting. Yeah. So yeah. Or even like Amy Schumer and Trainwreck. Like that movie is honestly is is a comedy, but I also think like there's some like fantastic dramatic acting that she does in that. So like yeah. Yeah, I think both can exist. Sometimes, yeah, you feel like you can only say one. I'd love to talk a little bit about just Instagram comedy in general and that whole vein because I I was never really a person that followed it. And I feel like you really brought it to popular culture in a different way. I mean, no shade to anyone who had made it for a long time, but I felt like when I entered it, I felt like a lot of the comedy was more like slapstick comedy or prank-based. I think that's like what... I get what you're saying because I think that's what I'm yeah. trying to say where it's just like it didn't feel like it was made for everybody. It felt yeah, like you had exactly. to literally be in on the joke. Like you had to be in the comedy space to understand totally. it or get it. Yeah. Or even just like I felt like there was so much like straight humor which like I obviously wasn't necessarily identifying with of like would you come home and your girlfriend won't fuck you. Like I was just like yeah this is like not right. it. I'm like not really into any of these videos. Or like when a guy would wear a wig it would be so like exaggerated and almost like seemingly disrespectful in a way. I don't know the kind of like mocking women or, you know, I I just... It's degrading. Yeah, there was something about it that I just wasn't... I feel like it kind of gave it a bad name for a little bit. And where people would be like, oh, like Instagram comedian and kind of, you know, maybe roll their eyes at it and not see it as a platform where there can be like really special content. So I started posting videos, you know, I started making like dub smashes. And then I started getting more comfortable like using my like actual speaking voice in videos. My old ones, you know, I was still like going through it. So you can hear like how deep my voice is. And I'm like still clearly holding on to like, some kind of like weird, you know, internalized homophobia, I'm sure that I still needed to deal with. But yeah, so then I started kind of dipping my toe into just making sketches where I was speaking, that I was like writing instead of just lip syncing a Kim Kardashian dub smash. And then it just evolved from there. I feel like once I came out, I met my boyfriend and I had like a really nice support system around me. I started to just like go and then the makeup happened and wigs. Yeah. And- then they, now they've just like kind of, you know, evolved beyond anything I could have maybe initially imagined. And it's really hard for me to watch old videos. I'm like, oh, I want to <laughs> delete it so bad. But the second you delete something, you know, so it'll be like one person's favorite video. So I, I can never do it. Just, you know, it is what it is. If you're okay with me asking, when did you come out? I came out my senior year of college. It was kind of like throughout the second semester of that. And kind of like throughout that summer, because it wasn't really like a specific time. I feel like it's pretty common for a lot of people who are queer to kind of have like a, you know, a gradual coming out process as opposed to like one time you come out. 
which I think is maybe, you know, more suited to like entertainment where somebody like comes out on the cover yeah, of a magazine. Totally. Or, you know, in I feel like day-to-day life, it's very much a process. And still, I like, there's still some people I'm like, I think my grandma knew before she passed. Like, you know, I'm like, I don't even know, you know, at a certain <laughs> point, you're just like on the coming out tour and you get tired and you're like, I'm done. But I've come out to enough people now, like, you can all tell everybody I'm over it. <laughs> or in my case, just like look at my Instagram and it should be pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. I really like what you were saying earlier about how once you came out, your art was different and you yeah. felt a little more settled into your voice and the art that you were putting out. And I was wondering if you could speak a little bit more to that just in terms of like identity and finding your own voice in comedy, because I think in any field, finding your voice and finding your niche and like what your audience is and what you have to say is difficult. And I wonder if that was like a really formative moment for you. Yeah, I mean, it really was. I think it allowed me to now see, I can pretty easily identify when somebody, if they're making comedy, maybe isn't being themselves or doesn't feel comfortable in their own skin can always tell when somebody's like trying to look good in a comedy sketch. And I'm like, that's not the point. So I think it helped me because I had to look at myself and the way I was acting. And I was realizing, you know, some of my performances were not good because I was trying to be a straight man being this instead of just like, I am this. Trying to kind of put a mask on top of a mask is like a little bit trickier than just being yourself and being the character. So, but it, it it's allowed me to kind of, I think, see that in myself and either, and also yeah. sometimes, you know, if I'm like self-conscious on a set or something, I'm like, no, I have to like be confident in who I am and I am proud of who I am. And now we're going to be this character. And we all have those little things, you know, that we want right. to like cover up. So whether it be like an awkwardness or you don't feel comfortable in your body or your sexuality, you know, like there's a range of things, but, but yeah, I think once it's, you see it in yourself, you can see it in so many like performances where you're like, Oh God, you're like, yeah, I can, something being that. (laughs) I can imagine it being really difficult to be a person where like your work is part of your body and like what you are giving out. And I just don't think you're probably able to like make something that's like really true to you if you're not doing that for yourself. Yeah. There was a video it was the live footage of me in the closet video. And I had sat on that footage for so long because like it wasn't quite there. And then I realized like in editing and some other things, like I just wasn't being like fully honest with it. And I needed to like take it like full on. And I find that when you do that, it's like super freeing. It can be like terrifying, but it's very freeing to like finally be like, no, this I want this to be like as real and true because then you know it's going to, land more with people it's going to be more right so yeah do you think that you're a really impressionable person oh my god just because i think that you have such a talent for like inhabiting other people's literal bodies like Mm -hmm. turning into them and i think yeah in order to do that you have to be like probably very open mentally to Mm -hmm. like the things they say and the things they do obviously i think i probably am i mean i definitely feel super observant yeah i love watching people and you know no one is safe around many drama that's so true no one is safe (laughs) being locked inside with my boyfriend i'm like i i mean i know i could slay an impression of him better than any impression i've ever done because it's like fascinating to me what some people do and then finally like my mom dragged me in this like q and a I did with my followers, and she pointed out some of the things I do. And I was like, this whole time, did I get this from you? Like, is my mom out here just like because she's super quiet? And I'm like, oh, you've definitely just been 
hiding it. You, you can like mimic me perfectly. So I think I am, I'm always interested when I hear somebody with like a specific voice or intonation and it's like fun to study and practice and but yeah, I definitely think I'm very impressionable. I, yeah. If somebody says a line like while I'm out, you know, getting coffee or something, I'll like put it in my mind. Or someone has an interesting way of speaking. I'm like, mm, that'd be probably a good character. I'm like curious what that would sound like if I did it. Yeah. I repeat, no one is safe. <laughs> no, truly, <laughs> no, no one safe. is safe. No one is safe, yeah. What goes into the process? I've been so curious about this, actually, just even watching your work of just yeah. becoming another person like what's the first thing besides obviously observing them especially if you're not someone that can like see them in person what's what are like the first resources that you're going to to become them well after I watched cheer I feel like that's a good example I just had watched and I didn't practice at all I was just like I watched all five hours and I had no I I had no prior thought like I'm making a sketch about this I was like I know it's popular I want to watch it just for like I should be in on this like cultural moment Right. Sometimes it takes practice. I feel like Call Me By Your Name was a really tricky one because I was being Timothy Chalamet, but Timothy Chalamet in Call Me By Your Name. Whereas I feel like Army Hammer sounded the way he does in the movie. In real life. (laughs) Yes, in real life. He was just Army. Whereas Timothy, it was like a little different, but I was like, I still want it to be an impression of Timothy. So then I just made it like super exaggerated. Right. He's like shy boy and call me by your name. And then in real life, you're like, okay, but you're really fucking kind of hot. Exactly. He's, yeah. And he's like very talkative and very like, right. He has like a lot of, he has so, he has, I hate using the word swagger, but like, I feel like he has a lot of fire. A lot. I mean, there's a lot of like hand motions. He rubs, right. his, there's also like a lot of like nervous energy. So yes, there's a lot of like perfectly like think? curled grease in the hair and like, totally. It's like yeah. perfect chaos. So trying to find that, but I, I don't know. Sometimes it just like, fully clicks and then sometimes it takes just like me watching a few YouTube videos but a lot of times makeup will take it there like when I just did the widow's peak as Courtney I just immediately was like, oh my god just being really rude like I just immediately had it and I was like oh now let's pause for a break so I can talk about a very pressing issue our quarantine kitchens is it just me or has quarantine and food been an absolute nightmare Whether it's anxiety-inducing to go to the market, I'm unable to get a food delivery time slot, my cooking attempts have been an absolute fail, or I'm snacking 24-7, my health routine and what I've been putting in my body is so out of whack. Then I discovered that we can stay home, stay healthy, and strengthen our immunity with fresh, delicious meals delivered straight to your door with Saqqara. Saqqara is a nutrition company that believes wellness begins with what we eat. Their signature nutrition program brings the transformational power of plant nutrition to your home in the form of fresh, plant-rich, ready-to-eat meals. So say goodbye to meal prep. From hearty salads and nutrient-dense granolas to savory flatbreads and seasonal fruit parfaits, their ever-changing menu of creative chef-crafted meals makes clean eating delicious and so easy, especially with all this time at home and, again, my zero cooking skills. I've never been a breakfast person, but I am obsessed with their breakfast meals. From coconut praline granola with cacao milk, the best and healthiest chocolate milk you'll ever have, I promise to protein-filled biscottis, I actually have been looking forward to breakfast every day. And the best part, they have kept me full all day long. No snacking. In addition to their delicious meals, Zakara also offers daily essentials like supplements and herbal teas to complete your wellness routine and support overall health and vitality. Especially now, I really recommend trying their daily probiotic blend or detox water drops with pure chlorophyll to boost immunity. And now Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their order when they go to sakara.com slash friend. 
or enter friend at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash friend to get 20% off your order. Let's do our best to keep our minds and bodies as healthy as we possibly can right now and maybe find some new healthy routines along the way. Let's get back to the show. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. And we are the hosts of A Thing or Two with Claire and Erica, a weekly podcast all about discovery and enthusiasm. Well, that's how we describe it, but someone else described it even better, I think, as a unique mix of urgent discussions of non-urgent things and thoughtful conversations of important and otherwise ignored things. If you want to check it out and see what it's all about, check back every Monday where we drop new episodes. I think you'll like it. It's a great Monday morning ritual. A Thing or Two with Claire and Erica. Mm Mm-hmm. So the costume can do it sometimes yes. where I'm like, oh, I am literally feeling this. this the person. second I put on a Kim Bob, I'm like, what's up, you guys? Like, I just, and I can do it. But this is like some weird um, ASMR that I feel. Oh, oh my God. Okay. I'm <laughs> I know. I should probably do a Kardashian ASMR video or something. But yeah. you have to. I love it. Yeah. yeah you've, you've nailed their voices. Courtney does the W Magazine like ASMR. I've wanted to do one as Lana for a long time. So maybe I'll do that too. Th- that is way more needed than a Kardashian yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we have enough. Like, no, I feel like everyone's probably sick of my Kardashian videos for a little Absolutely bit. not. That last one was like six minutes. So, absolutely not. Like, no one's I, sick of it. Absolutely I actually, not. <laughs> I'm sick of it. <laughs> my That's fine. My skin is sick of it. It needs a break from the makeup. Speaking of which, I really wonder how you like, I know you had said earlier that, you know, you teeter the line between actor and comedian, but like Mm -hmm. the work that you do, I feel like also brings in so many different principles of like partially performance art and also Mm -hmm. drag. And I wonder like where you draw the line there when you're kind of like explaining what it is and how you actually feel about the work that you produce. Yeah, I feel like I... I feel like a like a content creator in a lot of ways. I don't I don't mind that term. I love that. I don't underline love, exclamation no, point. I don't love the the term influencer, but maybe I we take what we can that. get these days. <laughs> yes, we take what we can get. We pay rent when we can these days. Um, <laughs> I think that I don't ever think of it as drag because like that's it feels like a disservice to the drag queens who are out there like absolutely putting on like moments like I fortunately can usually just do waist up and you know I don't glue down my eyebrows you know not that there's like a specific way to do drag but just the work that goes into that I feel like maybe a few of my looks like my Kylie Jenner Kendall that I did for Heidi Klum's Halloween party that was like that felt like full drag to me so maybe if I did that for like every character I would think of it more like that but no it just feels like acting and content creation and yeah no different than, you know, a, an actor and like a film about some historical figure putting on the makeup. It just feels like more like that. Cause anytime I've like worn full heels and corset and nails and stuff, I'm like, I have so much fucking respect for drag queens. I always have respect for them, but oh my God, I could never. <laughs> I appreciate that sense of like self-awareness of just being yeah, like, there's you. a, yeah. yeah I appreciate no, that a lot. The, the legends do it they do it right. They do <laughs> Shout out it to right. literally every single drag queen out there right now. Oh my God. Support your local drag queens, please, right now. Again, oh underline exclamation point. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, please. I would love to talk a little, a little bit about just the creation of your skits in general and just where, first off, like where you even get in- inspiration to like, like what's that feeling where you're like, all right, I've got it. Like this is the idea. I'm ready to go. Especially now, I feel like this is a question that I'm like asking so many of my creative friends when you're like confined to your home and yeah. maybe not feeling as creative. 
it's, it, you know, again, it sounds super cliche to be like, it comes from everywhere. But today, it I, comes from everywhere. I was just thinking of like, <laughs> oh, that's so sad thinking of like kids who aren't going to prom. And then I was like, wait, why am I feeling bad for kids going to prom? Prom was like hell for me. I was like, that was not fun. And so I was like, oh, wait, I need to make a video of me at prom. <laughs> and so I'm making that video. So that happened this morning. And then if I get the initial idea, I'll write down as many lines as I think of. And usually if it if I get stalled, I'll just leave it and be like, okay, maybe it's not a video and that's fine. That's happened a lot of times where I've been like, even the call me by your name thing, I had thought of that idea when the first one came out and I kept thinking of Dakota saying, oh, you guys got a little bromance going on. And that was just making me laugh. But I was like, I don't have any other lines for this and I don't know what the game of the sketch is at all. But And then I recently thought of The Peach when I read about there being a sequel. And I was like, oh, okay. There's a book. Have you read it? I have not read the book. I I purposely didn't read the book so that I didn't make a sketch about the book. Because I was like, I just want it to be this like super simple concept. (laughs) Exactly. From (laughs) the heart. This is like super like, you know, very easily understood one minute Instagram video of like, Mm -hmm. Army got married, but they're like still fucking. And, you know, she's like oblivious woman who only says lines that women say at the beginning of gay porn. <laughs> that was like it. But I love the context from anywhere. And then it just makes <laughs> literally, I'm like, well, why does that come in my head? But, and then sometimes, yeah, it'll be like a cultural thing. So like I saw the Kim and Courtney fight and I was like, who didn't immediately thought exactly. I'm like, that would have been impossible to miss. And I just immediately thought of like Kim being in like a Hulk moment. Right. Do your videos come from like a place of admiration or like absolute annoyance? Absolute admiration for like everything. You know, I love the film Call Me By Your Name. I love watching the Kardashians. I've watched them for a long time. Respect them for what they have fucking built. And also I respect them for like having a good sense of humor about it. Yeah, you have to be, if you're going to be a joke, you have to be in on the joke. You got to like fully understand that like when you're a part of culture, I think a parody is just like, bound to happen at some point for sure and and that my parodies i think i hope people realize they come from a place of like love and just like truly just trying to like yeah feel better in the age of social media and just like i feel like it's important also to make joke of these things so we don't think that the wrong things are like important you know it's like that this thing is so important it's like no it's not it's still like fun and and a part of culture but yeah i think all of them come from love or else I just don't think it would be fun to watch. Like, I, I think you can get that from other, from other things, like where it's more like, you know, that biting parody, you know, or like a political, I think SNL just nails that perfectly. And I don't need to go near that. There's an interview that I love from a while back. I actually forget what the context was, which is like totally the opposite of me saying, I love it. but <laughs> I read it all the time, yeah. but he, Jerry Seinfeld actually said something along the lines of like, comedy is funny and we love comedians because they're funny, but do we let them like get away with too much? And do we let them like cross the line of like things that are sometimes appropriate, right? Like do we let them get away with things that are sometimes inappropriate because of the fact they're comedians? Mm -hmm. It's a really hard balance of like making sure that, and also making sure that what you're making isn't inciting like negativity, I think is important to me. Like I totally, like I, you know, I've definitely seen some Kardashian parodies where it's like, trying to like act like this, you know, specific person is dumb or something like that. And I'm like, that is like inciting like a negativity that I don't love. And so I do get sad when like I make a video and 
maybe there's like, you know, one comment out of a thousand that are like, yeah, fuck this person. And I'm like, that's not what I'm saying by being them. Like that was never. Wow, I love that. Happen. Yeah. That, that is like, you never know. It's like, I feel like a lot of musicians feel that way. I'm super glad I'm not a musician because it's like, I feel like they give so much personal, you know, like creations to the world and people will take that and then like, you know, do with it what they will. So yeah. that can be kind of scary sometimes of being like, oh, I have this power. Like, I hope that people are understanding this in the way that I'm seeing it. But I think it's good to be sensitive to that and rethink things. Totally. And question it. And I would just say to anyone who's making things, if it feels not okay, probably not. So don't put it out. And I feel like that can sometimes be hard because you're like, no, this is how I see it. And yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah. It's not. <laughs> Sometimes it's not. Yeah. But I also wonder about like the pressure that you feel in that same context where it's like, I have seen so many times on your page, people commenting and being like, even I saw the other day, someone being like, you need to do the Kardashian fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes it that those moments just might not click for you. Obviously the Kardashian one did, mm-hmm. but like, do you ever feel a type of pressure to like, if there's a cultural moment that you see to replicate yeah. it? for the sake of like being a part of that moment or is it like, does it come from a place of like you needing to get it off your chest if it's something that you see it and you like it? I think sometimes as a creator, you have to just be like, if I'm not excited about it, then it won't be good. Right. So, you know, if I get sent something and I'm like, oh, it doesn't really spark anything or it doesn't feel like enough people would have seen it to like even like have get this it. Like fun dialogue around mm-hmm. it that like, you know, sometimes it'll be like the most niche video ever. And someone's like, you have to do an impression of this TikToker. Do I'm like, no. I, just, I think that video would be for you and you alone. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes I can, I will say every now and then if something like big happens, like with the Kardashians or I, I will kind of feel like, oh my God, I like, I have to make a video. I hope I'm like excited about making that video. And I usually am if it's like a, you know, a big enough cultural moment or there's yeah. some like, there Lana posted some like lines from a poem and the quarantine had just started so that was I got sent that a lot and I was like oh I'm excited to make that and then Sean was kind of being like I love you guys you know and being very sweet it's literally a trail of breadcrumbs for you (laughs) literally that's what it feels like like. I have to make that video (laughs) the second I get to LA so yeah I think I've always managed to like make sure that I never make anything that I'm not excited about I appreciate ending to me. But yeah, sometimes there is some pressure there. But I know that whatever I'm working on, hopefully will translate better than maybe what the request would be if I'm not into it. What's something that you get tagged in all the time to to replicate or put your own spin on? I got sent to Sean Mendes walk a lot. Um, I mean, I, which, I, I, I even like, said I it. I know, which I'm like, but I, I don't know how much more that could be in it. Um, they probably just needed a slow... I think that's what a lot of my walks have looked like during this time. What did I get sent <laughs> that's a lot? The L- that's the new LA in you. Yeah, no, right. I get sent a lot of Britney lately. You know, I, I, I've given my Britney videos a rest. I feel like Britney gets enough poking that I... And I feel like she doesn't love poking as or the comments that a lot of people have been leaving on her videos. So I don't want to like contribute to that. And I want to make sure that it's like going to be fun and lighthearted and and not come from like a, a negative or something that will feel critical or, or hurt someone's fucking feelings. Like I'm not trying to do that. But I do get anytime Brittany posts something, I get sent a lot of it. And it's like, you know, I'm just like, <laughs> you wish that everyone knew like, 
okay, those videos already exist and I, I don't want to make any more of them and they don't feel appropriate right now. I really appreciate what you just said. And this might sound extremely corny, but I feel like our generation grew up with comedians who were totally okay with being mean mm-hmm. because yeah. it was a part of the bit. You had to be okay with like kind of being taken down by a comedian. Like the joke sometimes yeah. got really nasty. And I actually have never really heard someone that considers themselves themselves a comedi- comedian be as conscious as you just were. Mm, thank you. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that there, if you think about it, so many comedians that go up there or even like live stand up, whatever it is, mm-hmm. the joke is to pick on people in yeah. a negative way. So I appreciate that a lot. Just had to tell you that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I think some people can do it and do it in a really smart way and, and nail it. I'm not saying that, you know, it's like that can't be comedy anymore, but right. yeah, I think it's just kind of, I think, you know, I've read enough DMs to know that sometimes like the smallest things will just like irk people or irk yeah. stands. They'll just be like, you did this and this is. It's so up. funny because you're the whole, this whole time you've talked about stands and not the actual person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who like you're afraid of DMing you and being like, well, yeah. fuck you. But you're like, yeah. no, the stands are scarier. No, exactly. Because they have built up. Like internet like aggression. Around. <laughs> yeah. And they've built up a guard around this person that they idolize. And so, yeah. I, you know, and like, I understand that. And, you know, but for me, it is funny. Even I'm like, Chloe commented. I'm like, you don't even, you don't need to defend her. She literally is laughing at it. Like I promise. Right. So I think some people, you know, they just see parody. And maybe it is from that kind of initial understanding of comedy as like maybe like poking and being mean and that if you're parroting somebody it's coming from like a bad place so I understand that but there was yeah I got some like Lana stands who were coming for me and I'm like I've been posting about Lana like on my tumblr since I was you know forever so, and so, like, like don't even start you know you're an <laughs> like, like we know you're an admirer like the, yeah like, like I have never loved someone as much right I'd love to hear just some of like tips and tricks for creators that are out there yeah the first question I have has a lot to do with different like social media platforms. What I really like appreciate about what you've been built with your brand is the fact that like you're not just on Instagram staying within the minute or doing IGTV. Like you've really taken advantage of like Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. And I feel like also each of them are doing well for you in different ways and would love to hear yeah. just a little bit about your mentality when it comes to using different platforms, what's worked for you, what hasn't. I think it's important just to think about each platform and kind of make sure that, you know, it's easy for people to watch your stuff and that if they want to find it, it's easy. You know, I try to make it so that it's like, you know, that when you click the link in bio, if it's not during a tour where I will just make it easy to get tickets, that you're going to go to like a YouTube or a Facebook and watch a long version of the video. But also if people don't want to leave Instagram, I want to bring the video to them. And if they, you know, really never want to go to YouTube or Facebook, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like you'll just wait a few days and that's okay. Uh, If you're fine with that, like I think cool. So yeah, just making sure that maybe everything is optimized too. You know, on Facebook, I've always found that like having text on things does better and making sure that people know immediately when they're scrolling what they're about to watch. On Instagram, sometimes, you know, it's better to do a caption, a captionless video. Uh, if it's bigger, if it's a smaller video, if I'm doing widescreen, I'll do caption just so people immediately kind of know the purpose of my video. Yeah, um, it's think, interesting know, to hear like it gets that detailed. The, oh, yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm definitely very particular about all of it. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish that one like I didn't have to put text on. But, you know, I want people to like immediately know what they're watching and and be able to dive right into the joke um, and not have to take a second and be like, wait, like what, what is this supposed to be? And then have to like 
scroll and read a caption and do all this. So yeah, I think just making it really easy for people to consume your content because at the end of the day, you want people to do that and have that escape. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make it hard on them. So if they only like using Twitter, like I'll post to there too. Maybe with less optimization, you know, Instagram is where most of my following is and Facebook. So that's definitely like I focus on those. And then, you know, I somebody wrote me one time, I was like, I want to watch these videos on a TV. Like you need to put them on YouTube. There you go. And so that's yeah. when I did the YouTube channel. So I have that for people. So I think, yeah, it takes a lot of extra time, a lot of rendering and a lot of exporting and, you know, yeah. a lot of changes to songs. So you are being appropriate with copyright, but <laughs> yeah, it can be um, kind of a nightmare, but I feel like it's worth it. It makes me super happy. Like when I see that someone has gone and watched like the longer video and that they want yeah. more, but if they love that quick little minute, I'm like that too sometimes where I'm like, nah, I just want to watch a minute. Like I, I can't do a five minute sketch right now. Yeah, I think it's important to be nimble like that and just be as versatile as you possibly can. Yeah, it's it can be kind of hard because you're like, no, it's supposed to be watched this way, which right. I think sometimes it is. But I obviously want as many eyes on it as possible and as many totally. people to enjoy it. So, you know, when you've taken the amount of time that you've taken to make some of these videos, I get like mad at friends who are comedians and don't post like, I'll tell them to go and post on Facebook. Or like, I, I will tell them like, you need to put that video on TikTok immediately. Like, so... And my boyfriend does the same to me. So, <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a lot of trusting your gut, which is really scary yeah. when it comes to like, just being like, okay, I'll do like a minute here, three minutes there. I don't know. Totally. I, I don't know how you like, And sometimes it'll fucking suck. And that's yeah. fine. Sometimes <laughs> it'll bomb on a platform and then you'll be like, wait, why did this land on Twitter and like didn't right. work here? And it's like the most random things. I find that more niche things work on Twitter. I find that more overarching. The Twitter world is like its own thing. Totally. And Facebook is older. If right. I'm referencing like Annie or Harry Potter, it's hitting. If I'm referencing something much younger, like if it's like a specific Noah Centineo video, it's probably not going to hit as hard on Facebook because that's like right. the thing. So yeah, it can be Kardashian will hit on Facebook because everyone knows who they are. But right. you know, I love that. Know your audience, yeah. know the demographic. Yeah, it can, be, it can be exhausting, but it is kind of, I'm interested in that, I guess, to some extent. Yeah. Because you can kind of... Um, how different people interpret the same thing. It's fun. It's like a little game. Yeah. <laughs> if you treat it like that, you'll feel better about all the time you're spending, I swear. Right. I know yeah. you talked about TikTok a little bit, but I just, mm -hmm. what other mediums are you wanting to work with? Is there another way that you feel like you'd be most interested in scaling what you're doing right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm writing a pilot right now. I'm super excited. Wow, about. that's so cool. Yeah. yeah, so I would love to get into more you know, traditional, like linear things like TV, you know, or streaming. I'm super interested in maybe seeing how some of my characters can be elevated or put on, you know, like a, a different platform. So if it's like a podcast or put into a kind of souped up situation. One of my fave videos to make was when I did Kim Kardashian at Kylie's, but was that Kylie's pop-up? Yeah. And I was like, Kim in the real world, people were interacting with me and it wasn't just in my green screen. I think that's really fun and I would love to kind of keep doing that and also just like keep doing what I'm doing now because it, it is so much fun. And I think probably, yes, in the next few years, like there will be other things I'm doing, but I'll always come back to, you know, shooting a quick video on the weekend because it is so much fun for me to do. And I acted in something recently that I'm super excited. So I'm excited oh, to like cool. doing that. And yeah, moves to LA, writes a pilot, like, starts right? auditioning. <laughs> Duh, yeah. I, I don't think I can reveal what I'm in, but I'm in a, a show that I really love. And so that hopefully will come out soon. And 
And that was super fun to like do something that, you know, I didn't write or had like no input in. It was just right. like, yeah, I think I'm, I'm also just like very impressed with a lot of the writing I've read. I feel like comedy is really exciting right now. I think it's totally. so much more inclusive. I find myself like consistently impressed and excited with a lot of people's work and while some people, you know, maybe are like they rolled their eyes at the internet, I think what it has done is given like a voice to a lot of people that really needed it and and are showing that like they needed it all along and you know, their videos and writing is fucking amazing. So I think it's a very good time in comedy right now, which is great. Yeah. How do you feel like it's changing now? You know, I'm very curious to see kind of how it shifts. I mean, obviously, you know, everybody's going live. and it's Everybody really and their grandmother is going Literally, live. Literally, like, yeah, no, my mom's live right now. So her <laughs> like, just like a pro tip for people, if you think about going live, like if you're going to go live, maybe like have something to say. Something. I think I've seen like some really fun things in, in live. My friend Mary Beth Barone has a really fun show where she's in her tub and she always like, I has love that. questions. That's yeah. fun. I think a lot of people have, have made videos during this time, which is great because like I love finally seeing yeah. like a lot of stand-ups that I love, like finally seeing their stand-up, you know, sometimes. Like I haven't seen their recent work because I've been like out or traveling or something. So it's fun to then finally see some of these specials come out. And some people that really deserve like a big look are getting a, a big look, which I think is amazing. So awesome. but I'm curious. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of quarantine content. I think people are gonna be probably sick of it pretty soon, but <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, for sure. Fun. What advice do you have for creatives who want to create but maybe don't know how? Hmm. I think it's important to look to the people that you really respect, but not think that that exact thing will work for you. Yeah. You know, sometimes I do see things that I'm like, oh, that feels a lot like that person's work or sometimes it'll feel like my work. And I'm like, I think it's important to learn from what people have had land, but also really find your own voice and like how what you are making is going to be different and offer something fresh and, you know, have that perspective that only you as a singular person can bring and maybe not get too wrapped up in formulas that work. You know, I, I know yeah. in the beginning I was like, no, you can only have this kind of video and then it can't be, you know, and it's like, no, fuck that. You know, you never know what's going to land or what's going to work. So test it. You're going to have some bombs for sure. Probably never going to work if you're trying to look cute and everything. Just being on it. That's not comedy. That's just modeling, but that's cute. But yeah, I would make sure that you really love it and that you're not doing it for a number because... I think the most impressive people that I follow and have loved, like they just like made a video because they like love making videos and then it just like something happened. But if you're like, I want this and I want this amount of followers and or using one thing as like a way to get to another, I think in times it, in some cases can work. But it's like, no, if you don't really want to make a video, people are going to feel that they're going to know if you don't actually love what you're doing. I think it's like totally. the easiest thing in the world when I'm like, Oh, you didn't want to make this. You just wanted some comments. And like, it is what it is. I'm like, but you know, you got to feel that, that like passion of it. I mean, I keep thinking about Mary Beth Barone's TikTok she made. We're in the middle of it. She's like, what the fuck am I doing? It's like, <laughs> it's just such a genius video. And it's like this perfect combination of like wanting to make a video and then talking about the feeling of not wanting to make a video all in one perfect. Right. Yeah. I, I think that explains it. <laughs> if that's how you feel about something, you probably should not do it. Right. We're all going to feel that vibe. Yeah. I love that. No. What are some resources you can recommend right now, whether it's like a book you're reading in quarantine, yeah. a show, I would love to hear what specials you were talking about earlier. If there's anything we should be yeah. watching. Taylor Tomlinson's special on Netflix. It's amazing. She's 
fucking epic. I love, you know, I just, I was kind of in, um, in a rut yesterday, just for a second. I was just kind of feeling like down. And, just for a uh, second. Yeah, just for a second. And I was up late and I just decided to watch the Monster Ball <laughs> on Amazon, which is Lady Gaga's <laughs> like the HBO special of her first Yes, concert. it's been and out for a like, long time, right? Forever, yeah. yeah and okay. I just like put that shit on and like let it wash over me. So that was amazing. I, I did that with A Star Is Born the other day. Oh God, it's good. Yeah, although you know, I, it just, when it I hits a weird it, I spot. It I have to cut it off before it, everything goes bad. It breaks my heart too much. It'll ruin but, me. <laughs> I know. I know it's important, but it just. But like, I also like, you know what? I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's like, going to happen. Like, why do you need it? Yeah. No, it's like the second after her SNL performance, then I turn it off and I'm like, incredible. They ended up together. Okay. It's that's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm fine. Like, it's all good. You rewrite your own ending. Absolutely. What else have I been watching? Well, I always kind of dabble in Sex and the City because I just think it's such a nice like. So have I. And like know, consistently. Totally. For like the past girl. nine years. Oh my God. Can yes. we talk about I the just, Gossip Girl memes that are like. Fade in. The Go Piss Girl. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I love that. It's like, getting really yes. creative. No, it's genius. Like I saw one the other day that like actually had no font on mm-hmm. it whatsoever. And it yes. just was like the top one where Blake Lively is. It's like Joe Biden's vice president. And underneath it was just a photo and it said girl. Like it's, it's getting perfect. really, no people. Are it's getting genius. really, people really, are really creative. They're geniuses. I think yeah. Blake Lively posted one too. And it was, I was no. Yeah. She did the one where it's like, what should I wear to the store girl? And it was like gloves girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was like so funny. See, it's 10 times better when they're in on the bit. I know exactly. It's like that. It's just it's, like, that's what you need. It's perfect. You do need it. What else can I recommend? This is so hard. I mean, you've given some good ones. No pressure. Okay, I hope, yeah. I hope yeah, you've given some great ones. I hope there's something in there that people <laughs> you love. You've literally given us like 10. Is there a movie? Waves, if you're trying to like really Ugh. fuck yourself up. That movie is incredible. It's just like, it will hurt you. It will hurt you. But it God, is so fucking beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I I've have never a, like, seen anything like it. I haven't it's either. I have movies. a soft spot for movies like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't care how sad it is. Like, okay, I'm going to be sad for a day, but like. Okay, you're like my boyfriend. <laughs> I it's literally okay. can't stop my boyfriend. Like, humble brag. <laughs> but he, yeah, he also loves a good sad movie where sometimes I'm like, yeah. Can you turn on like Big Mouth? Or- no, like <laughs> if I, like, if it's like a day, I'm like, let's just watch Atonement. I know. Oh, God. <laughs> See, uh, what are his? His are Wild, Interstellar, Inter- uh, Her. I'm like, I can't. I love Interstellar. I can't cry to her tonight. I can literally watch Interstellar and cry and like feel totally validated. It's great. Perfection. Perfection. Yeah. I'm so down with the dramatic movies. And then, you know, we can go to your feed and get some comedy after. Okay. okay. That's good. Yes. I hope that duality, the the palate cleanser after like a a duality. Yeah. From what I'm recommending, hopefully I will be the palate cleanser before you go to bed. (laughs) I'm with that. That's great. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.